a big part of what we want to offer as an agency and as a team and myself is help for freelancers. That's something I've done for the last couple of years is not just focus on content marketing, but put out a lot of freelancer content as well. Welcome to Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their career through a strong personal brand. Rep Your Brand is hosted by Nick Bennett, one of LinkedIn's top voices on field marketing and personal branding. In each episode, Nick captures stories on how to overcome the challenges marketers face with growing their brand. So if you're a marketer looking to open doors and create opportunities that you never thought were possible, then listen in to get tangible tips and strategies to build your very own personal brand. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their careers through a strong personal brand. I'm Nick Bennett. This podcast is brought to you by my friends at Motion, their done-for-you podcasting service for scrappy marketing teams and B2B tech. The two of the nicest guys around, the work that they do is truly world-class. You can find them at motionagency.io. And today, I'm super excited because this is someone I've known for a while. I've actually interviewed on a previous podcast, Brooklyn Nash, who is now the co-founder at Beam Content. Brooklyn, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for asking me. Absolutely. So let's just kind of like jump into it. So, you know, throughout your career, you've had the opportunity to work for a variety of different organizations in a content marketing capacity while also being self-employed. And so, you know, how difficult was it for you to balance your own personal brand while still working in those roles for those companies? So I had kind of a funky start in quote unquote personal branding in that my roles, my two full-time roles in tech coincided with building out a social presence. So I kind of got into it by accident. My first role was this tiny little sales tech startup and the head of growth life. So I kind of just and I was head of content. So I kind of just took it on myself to get more active on LinkedIn and meet salespeople where they were. And we all know they're on LinkedIn. So <laughs> I just started posting and, and interacting more. So that just really coincided with part of my job as we curated content for this startup. And then when I moved to Outreach, it expanded from there. I mean, I was head of community content. So that was maybe not half, but at least a third of my job was reaching out to salespeople on the platform, engaging with sales content on LinkedIn and Twitter because we were sourcing our content from contributors and from our community rather than writing it up on our own. So it it really worked out for me in those two gigs and it was a lot of fun. That's amazing. You know, it's something that I feel like a lot of people don't realize, and especially you being a content like marketer, like a lot of people don't understand how hard it is to create content on a consistent basis while you have a job. So like what kind of tips would you give someone that is trying to start off? Like I want to create content on some type of social platform, whether it's Twitter or LinkedIn, wherever, while still, you know, doing their job as a marketer. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question because I, uh, like there's all kinds of backlash to content creators, quote unquote, or personal brand on social because it can often feel disingenuous, right? So I feel like there's three types of, I don't want to say creators because I don't want, don't want to put people in the bo- in a box, but three types of content you can share on social to, to build your personal brand, right? There's the hyper packaged, curated polished type of stuff that you see like agency owners or people who are using their personal brand to sell courses and things like that. 
that's what they're putting up. Nothing wrong with that. It just takes a lot of time, right? So it's hard to balance with a full-time gig, let alone a freelancing career. Number two is the, what really gets backlash is the super generalized statements that are hot takes packaged up as like, I don't know, commentary on anything from remote work to what Elon Musk is up to, diversity or lack thereof. And those can get, I don't know, those are what feel often disingenuous as well. There's a whole subreddit about it now that now I think LinkedIn has discovered called LinkedIn Lunatics. So if you want a lesson in how not to do your personal brand, check out LinkedIn Lunatics on Reddit. But then there's a third type, which I don't mean this to like toot my own horn, but that's what I've fallen into almost by necessity, where you're just sharing what you're working on as you work on it. So my whole, all of my content has just been screenshots of things of docs I'm in or emails I'm sending or Slack messages that I'm responding to or Loom videos that I'm recording for our team already, quotes that I, from people I'm talking to already. And then there's not a whole lot of time or even extra thought that goes into that. It's just, hey, this is what I'm working on today. I thought it was interesting. Maybe other people will find it interesting. So I throw it up. It's very unpolished. It's just literally a screenshot of a Google Doc comment or like taking screenshots of my tweets and turning that into the, what do you call that? Slide. I don't even know the term. The slides. Like the carousel thing. Yeah, yeah. the carousel posts. Like it doesn't have to be polished. And I think that's really the sweet spot because every so often you'll have something blow up and get a lot of reach and all that. But more often you're really engaging with a smaller audience and a smaller community of people. On, whether you're on LinkedIn or Twitter or somewhere else. And I think that's really where a lot of the value is. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. And I feel like, you know, I feel like everyone's trying to always find ways to like gamify the system. And like, you know, we see a lot of like Twitter screenshots and like I've been doing some of those. But honestly, like the big thing is like it breaks up the feed and like, especially on a dark background with like white text, it makes it a lot easier to read. We, How do you feel like... How do you feel about like these Twitter screenshots? Because I feel like a lot of people are doing, a lot of people are doing like the carousels and I'm just, I'm always just interested, like how algorithm changes. People start to think about like how they're going to change the content that they create. Like, do you play into that at all? Do you just kind of like do you at the end of the day? Honestly, just do me at the end of the day. Like I, I spend very little time. I don't want, if the honest being honest, I don't spend no time thinking about reach or the algorithm or whatever. I do think about like what will go over well. Like for, I'll take, for example, that I posted uh, uh, something about ClickUp the other day and I figured I could do a post, like just a text post that talks about why we switched to ClickUp or Masana. But instead I had, I added my changeover to ClickUp from Asana as an Asana to-do list. And I took a screenshot of that. And I think it's, I think it's a really interesting conversation talking about different project management tools, but I think it's because of that image that it had a lot more engagement than if I had just done a text post, for example. So it's less thinking about the algorithm and more thinking about what will like grab attention so that folks feel more inclined to participate in the discussion, right? Yeah, no, I agree with you for sure there. And that, that actually brings me kind of to, to another piece that I was thinking of is like a lot of people say like, 
creating content like you should be adding value but like no one doesn't like no one tells you what does like adding value actually mean at the end of the day so like in your mind what does adding value mean to the content that you create on like a social platform for me it's in transparency which goes back to sharing just what i'm working on and thinking about and conversations i'm having already i think that's where the value is so if i send an email to a potential client I'll screenshot that and share it out as not like a, here's the best practices for, you know, your sales conversations as a freelancer, because I'm like one perspective, but more like, here's what is working for me. And, and folks have like pulled those as templates. So it's, it's not like you have to put together a whole polished Gumroad course or PDF or whatever to add value. It's just like, here's some transparency into what I'm working on and what's working for me. Um, and I think it's a mix. Like you, I try to have a mix at least. Like I think anybody who follows me, I'll post the dumbest shit. Like just like, because I think it's funny. Sometimes it lands, sometimes it doesn't. And that's fine. But like, it's not like every single post has to add value. Like there's, it's social media. Like there's an entertainment factor there. So like mix it up. You can do both. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you there for sure. Because it's, I mean, it's hard too. like when you're creating content, like one to two times a day and it's like, you know, people are like, oh, deliver value. It's like, you know, it's hard to do that consistently in every single post. So I'm with you. I'm with you there for sure. I want to, I want to talk about Beam, you know, congrats on the launch of it. I'm super excited. I know, you know, it's something that I've been following you guys for a while, so it's exciting. Now, I am curious, like, do you feel like your brand that you've created and the audience that you've created for yourself has played into at all, like, how, one, like, launching the company, but two, like, where you've seen success from it? Yeah, absolutely. In a couple of ways. I mean, number one, a big part of what we're trying to do with Beam is we have two parts. We're doing long form content, case studies, articles, ebooks, and things like that. But the second part, which is where Sam, the, our co-founder specialty is, is pulling that through to social in a way that's engaging there rather than just, hey, we wrote this blog, go check it out. Here's the link. It's here's the takeaways or here's some screenshots from it or here's a video from the person we interviewed that people can engage with on social directly. So that's a big part of what we're trying to offer is we want to come alongside companies and help them honestly elevate the personal brand of whether their leadership or their SME teams or their customers or their partners, just like make them the star, uh, put a spotlight on them. That was a big part of why we called it beam. <laughs> um, and then the other part is like just the last couple of years, like I said, I kind of by accident got into being active on social and we've realized that, like the relationship-based sales that comes as a result from quote-unquote social selling helps a ton. So we're, as we build out and start scaling our revenue, we're probably not even going to touch traditional outbound. We're just going to have, we're a team of four right now, four full-time people, and we're just going to be super deliberate and consistent about all of us being present and in these conversations on social, sharing about freelancing content, and B2B content marketing. And that will, we've seen already the last couple of years that lead to productive conversations. Like I'll get, it's all been inbound. <laughs> and sometimes it's, it's like two years in the making. I mean, 
like our conversations too. Like it's, we've been in the same circle for a couple of years and know each other. And now potentially we have the opportunity to work on some content together. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's honestly, it's so fascinating because I feel like, you know, word of mouth, dark social. I know, I know we were going back and forth. Like I know I posted something to that earlier, but like word of mouth actually is like the best marketing that you can have. And like when you run in the same circles, as a lot of people and like you, you know, like I said, you know, back to like the Rev Genius days, like we did that podcast, me, you and Ashley. And it's like, you know, it's just, you get to know people over the years, even if you don't directly work with them. And when you have something that pops up, like I see Brooklyn all the time. I see Sam, I see everyone. It's just like, you know, you know I'm going to reach out to Brooklyn for a project because I feel like it's something that he could help out with. And like, if you didn't create on social and like build that audience for yourself and like be who you are, which is your authentic self, like who knows if that would have ever happened. So yeah, I want to talk about like the authentic piece, like, because I feel like you mentioned it a little bit, but you create content around like what you want, not specifically like game the algorithm or thing, but like, what are your thoughts on like being authentic? and being like who you actually are through the content you create. Yeah, I just don't, I have a very light filter on what I will and will not post. Like in general, I try to keep it focused on either content marketing, writing tips, freelancing, or just stuff I find funny and maybe other people will too. And that's literally my rubric for posting content. And I think the authenticity piece comes from that last part, like less on LinkedIn, but especially more on Twitter. That's really the forum where I will share not just what I'm working on, but also things in life, like the beach photos or like my walk through Antigua or like things I'm cooking, things I'm reading that aren't necessarily quote unquote professional. And I think there's a lot of space for that. And it, it all plays into it. I mean, going back to how this can lead to more sales conversations, I, like last month, I posted a, just a, what was it? A lyric from a Sing To song. Like, I have two little kids, so it, it was stuck in my head. So I just posted it. It's like, Sueltate, over and over again. That was the tweet. And a guy who's head of marketing at a company that we would love to work with, like, liked the tweet, just liked it. I think he had been following me and I'd been following him for a few months. And then like five minutes later, I got a DM that was basically like, hey, do you want to chat about working on some content for us? And that was the spark that caused him to reach out about a potential project. And it was had nothing to do <laughs> with what our actual work is. It's, it, well, and that's like the, the power of like the organic reach. And I want to ask you about something because like you just made me like think of something in like TikTok, well, like I know, I know I've seen, I think Sam's on TikTok because I'm pretty sure I follow her. I don't know if Beam as a whole, like as a company is on there, but like, are you guys doubling down at all or plan to double down on like TikTok at all? We do. Yeah, we've talked about it and we're actually, it's not a hundred percent yet, but we're planning on running a kind of our first TikTok project for a client to kind of help them see basically as an experiment because they don't really know, but they know it's there. So we're just kind of like going to help them see if it sticks, uh, essentially, because it's so new, nice. for, especially for B2B. I mean, it's new in general, but especially for trying to do B2B sales, right? So we don't have any like anything 
super packaged or like a super polished offering to be 100% honest. But it's because social is such a core part of what we want to offer. Sam is really looking at how we can offer that for clients when it makes sense. Like, it's not like we're going to come to every client and be like, you need TikTok. That'd be like coming to a giant enterprise company and being like, you need the self-service SEO type content. Like it does, it's not one size fits all, but I mean, I think there's a place for it, but I, that's Sam's area of expertise. Like I'm not on TikTok. Everything I know about TikTok is from Sam. So I I don't know a lot. She knows a lot more than I do. (laughs) No, that makes, makes perfect sense. And it kind of leads me into my next area that I wanted to talk to you about. It's like, so many marketers that I talk to, especially the ones that are like fresh out of college or like more junior in their career, they're just like, I don't know what type of content I should be creating on social media. And so I want to get your thoughts as someone that creates on a, you know, between Twitter, LinkedIn and other things, like what would you even like recommend to someone to get going? I think the more niche you can be, the better. I say that as someone who I kind of span multiple areas, but I think I've seen lots of other people be hyper-focused on one particular area and that's worked out fantastically for them. And it's usually ideally something that they're really interested in, really good at or getting better at and just sharing that out. So, I mean, everything from like, I don't know, a, a big picture you see, like, I don't know if you know of Money with Katie. Like she started just doing her own articles and then a newsletter and podcast and active on social. And then she got acquired by Morning Brew. And it was just because she was like new to this finance world, learning about it and basically monologuing about what she was learning. And it was so going back to authenticity, like it was so authentic. It wasn't like you need to be doing this. It was this is what I'm learning about. And I find it super fascinating. So I bet other 20 somethings will find it fascinating too. Or like Eddie Schlainer with very good copy, very, very focused on copywriting tips. And he's very, very good at it. So everything focuses in on copywriting. So just getting pretty specific about where your lane is. That's yeah, that makes sense. And not that, you know, it was interesting. Like for me, it was like the field marketing path and, it's something where, you know, I was actually thinking of writing a post on this because I feel like I've started to be more like pigeonholed into like the social media aspect, like branding side of it versus like the marketing side of it. And I'm not a hundred percent sure like how to get out of that. And I am curious on your thoughts, like, you know, for someone that picks a specific niche or whatever, and like goes down that path, but then decides they want to talk about something else, but then like, can't get back to where they originally were like what do you have any like thoughts or or recommendations there that's a good question i feel like if i'm understanding your question right i feel like that has more to do with your actual career choices and where you're putting your time and effort than what you're focused on on social right i mean yeah i i was a freelance writer for a long time before i became active on social but it was only once i joined a, like a full-time content marketing team and was exposed to more of the marketing org and how all this stuff works that I really feel like I even had anything to say on social. So I think it's less about like changing your lanes on social media or for your personal brand and more about spending time about being intentional of where you, what you want to be working on full-time, whether that's as a freelancer or full-time marketer or salesperson. Like it's, especially now it's, 
I'm not a career consultant, but it feels easier than ever to make jumps from sales to customer success or from sales to marketing or from marketing to doing your own thing as a consultant or an agency or a content creator. Yeah. And not sure if that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. It did. And it's something where I just think like, you know, just being able to like bounce and do things like that, I think is important. And like, just figuring out like, kind of like what your roots are is also important. I did want to ask you, you just brought up something that I was just thinking of that was interesting is like, you know, as a co-founder of a company now and someone that's been a traditional like marketer, and I feel like, you know, you create lots of great content. How do you actually focus on like the sales side of it? Like, you know, you're doing sales as well. And like, what are your thoughts? Like, like how has it been being like the salesperson mm. as well? <laughs> it's been messy, to be honest. I'm not a salesperson naturally, like by a a innate ability or by training. So it's thankfully, I mean, it's, I have fun with social and that's led to a lot of great conversations. The back end of that from a sales perspective, like any sales ops or enablement person would be so mad at me because for the longest time it was our CRM was a Google spreadsheet where every time somebody connected and like messaged me about potentially working together or I got on a discovery call, quote unquote discovery call. I'd like add them to the list and then try to stay up to date with following up and all that. And sometimes that worked and sometimes it didn't. I mean, now we're getting to the point where it's a little more structured. Like we have everything built out in ClickUp. Sam and I are on the same page of the notes we take and when we do follow-ups and, and all that. So it's a little more structured than it was, but it was just having conversations, seeing if I could help people. If we think we, if we thought we could, then we try to follow up. If we don't think we if we don't think we could, then we try to send them to a, a referral, like another agency or freelancer that could help them. And that's kind of been the, the bulk of it. Nice. No, that's amazing. And I, I know we're coming up on time. So I kind of wanted to end with like one last question for you was, you know, what can we expect from like you and the rest of the Beam team, you know, as far as like content goes and like creation, like empowering people to like, you know, at least, you know, internally like build their brands. Like, is there anything special that we can like look out for you from like the rest of 2022? Yeah. I mean, Sam's doing fantastic work on kind of, like I said, making things more polished than how I've had them in the past. So uh, more of that, ideally a lot more video content. I mean, that's the bulk of what we do for our clients, like those interview based pieces of content. And we want to do that for our own content, like interview actual experts, honestly, not marketers or even content marketers, but more of like data engineers and SVPs and customer success managers about what matters to them. So we're looking to focus a lot more on that. And then on the flip side, a big part of what we want to offer as an agency and as a team and myself is help for freelancers. That's something I've done for the last couple of years is not just focus on content marketing, but put out a lot of freelancer content as well. It's like one of the first pieces we put up on Beam content was written by one of our freelancers. It was like a guide for clients working with freelancers, which at the, on the face of it doesn't really help us because we're trying to get them to work with us, not with an individual freelancer, but it's, there's, I feel like so much space for content, good content in the freelancing 
world that we really want to keep that top of mind. That's that's amazing. Honestly, I'm excited to see everything. I'm excited to hopefully work together soon with you on some fun stuff as well. Brooklyn, where can people go to connect with you, learn more about Beam, see all the amazing fun content that like, honestly, every time I see one of your things on like LinkedIn, I just like laugh because like, I know you don't give a crap about it, but like, it like makes me giggle inside. <laughs> that's, I'm glad to hear that because that's, I'll show my wife like, look at this tweet that I sent out this morning. It's just like, <laughs> if it makes me giggle, then I'm happy with, with what's going out, right? Yeah, you can check out beamcontent.co for the website. Otherwise, I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter. Feel free to, to send a message or at least connect. Absolutely. Brooklyn, thank you so much for joining me. Can't wait to share this with everyone. And I will be sure to drop all those links in the show notes. And uh, we'll catch you all again soon. Thanks again. Thanks, Nick. Thank you for listening to Rep Your Brand. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you learned something new today, it'd be great if you left us a review. We'll catch you next time.